Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to Trots Life with Toby McKinnon. Under pressure and overpowering it. Off the back in 28.1. Joni N slipped into another gear and raced away. It's Joni N 12, 15 metres in front. Sir Solidor galloped. Magical Times was checked. Heidi goes sick to second, overpowering to third. But it's all Joni N. The first favourite will bolt in. It's Joni N 25 metres. Heidi goes sick second. Welcome back to Trot's Life. And a few people will be thinking. Joni N winning at Warrigal with Craig Rail calling it. It was the 12th of February, 2018. Tim O'Connor's there. Jess Tubbs is there as well. Tim, do you understand the relevance to that? No, but please enlighten me and Jess, unless Jess already knows. Jess will know the relevance to that. How are you, <laughs> Jess, firstly? And uh, yeah. whereabouts are you? And I'm sure you can elaborate on uh, where I'm going with this. I'm very good, thanks, boys. I'm um, trying to hide out the wind at the moment. I've just flown back to Melbourne this morning from Sydney. We took the boys up uh, on Tuesday and had a friend's wedding yesterday. So back at it in the stables now. Um, and, yes, the old Joni N reference. Um, apparently still the most winning horse for Lara J Farm, would you believe it? <laughs> yeah, 13 wins he's had. And there's a lot close, a lot close. He's not going to hold it for much longer, but he, he has the most wins for Lara J Farms, which is a, a rare and beautiful stat in itself. Uh, well, t- the boys, how did the boys travel up to Sydney? Uh, we'll just quickly touch on that. And I know the horses were all right, but how was how was Greg, though? Look, it was all right. Uh, he had the headphones on and watched his iPad for a fair few hours, so um, that minimised any any time for arguments between the two of us. But um, no, look, the horses travelled up really well and they've settled in nicely at Blake and Lisa Fitzpatrick's place. Um, those guys do a great job of looking after us when we go to Sydney, so um, it's nice for the horses to have some familiarity as well. Um, so yeah, left left Greg up in Sydney with them, and I've come home um, to look after the stable again. And of which there is plenty going on They're here, there and everywhere, it seems. You've got a couple of first starters in the first today, Major Samir and Lady Selena. Yep, yeah, they're, um, you know, we'll find out a bit more after today, obviously being their first start. Um, they've had some nice trials and um, their work at home's good, but it's always a little hard to sort of line up where your babies are against everyone else's until they're out there doing it at the races but uh, no we've just packed off Bailey and Jaden to um, take the five we've got in today to Tabcor Park so they're en route and one of them is also ever hoping as well who's first up and open pretty short in the markets a horse shown a lot of a lot of ability and uh, Alison Jason Finnis do a wonderful job educating these horses and really good opportunity for this horse to sort of go through its grades I'd say at Melton yeah, I hope so. Hopefully mm. we can um, do a good job for them. He's a lovely horse, so well-mannered and educated like you say. And, um, yeah, he, he had sort of didn't beat much at the trials but did it comfortably. So um, we're hoping for a good showing today despite the tricky draw. Tim's there. I know he's pretty keen to ask a few questions about Sydney as well and, and also Saturday night. 
I was just watching the replay as you guys were talking then of Greg going across the line on Triple Eight on Saturday night, Jess, and he's developed this little fist pump celebration. I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> this horse is going around in the Schweppes Sprint at Menangle on Saturday night, the first of the two Miracle Mile qualifiers. You've got to run top two to get in. Uh, he's a special horse to you guys. You'd love to get him into a Miracle Mile. Oh, it would be phenomenal to get him into a Miracle Mile, but uh, look, we're realistic about his chances. If everything goes his way, we really do believe he can um, compete at the top level uh, against the best of the best, but he does need that luck to fall his way. So Greg will just be trying to hide and um, hope that there's some fireworks up the front and uh, he can get a bit of luck late because um, we won't be trying to run him off the gate or do anything silly. Um, we're excited to be up there and he's fit and racing really well. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be a little bit in the hands of the, the rest of the competitors on Saturday night. Yeah, you will. So that's race four, number eight, triple eight. He's in the first of the Miracle Mile qualifiers. And about half an hour later, Jess, you've got the stable mate, Better Eclipse, who no doubt is your sort of best chance of the two, I think, in terms of uh, getting through to the Miracle Mile. He raced in it last year. He's first up from a little break. We haven't seen him this year. He My ran boy. fourth in the Vic Bread. Yeah, your boy. He ran My fourth boy. in the Vic Bread final behind Captain Balisario. Is he ready to fire first up? Or what's your confidence levels heading into Saturday night's race? Yeah, we're really happy with him. He's had a, a couple of nice trials and um, his work at home super. He He's a naturally fit athletic sort of horse. So mm. um, first up off the break doesn't hurt. And we know he loves Menangle, so that's another tick. Um, and he's got a fairly decent draw on Saturday night. So um, hopefully Greg can find a forward spot and keep him up, up the front. And um, we'll be a chance of stealing one of those first two positions because it would be amazing to um, have another crack at the Miracle Mile. Last year, running a place was so special. And, um, yeah, we'd like to have that feeling again. Yeah, I bet. Race five, number five for Better Eclipse. Toby, can we talk about Just Believe? I haven't thrown your run sheet there, have I? No, I believe you can talk about it just for a bit. <laughs> Good, man. <laughs> Jess, um, I spoke to Bailey uh, this week. I jumped into our computer system and saw that he was down to drive Just Believe. I know he hasn't driven a Group 1, and I, I sent him a text. And He's a bit of a superstitious lad. He doesn't like to do too much publicity and, and media around these races because I think he thinks I'm a moz. But I assured him that people have gone on to win races after I've done stories on him. How exciting is it for Bailey? Of course, he works in your stable. He gets a drive on Just Believe in the Grand Prix on Saturday night. A Group 1 raise $100,000. Um, of course, he can win, but it would be a really special moment for the stable if Bailey was able to get his first Group 1. Oh, it would be phenomenal. Greg and I would be absolutely delighted if that's um, the way it pans out. But, um, as you would have seen looking at the field, that front line's quite electric and it's by no means going to be easy. So, um, you know, Bailey's got a cool head and he knows the horse. So I hope he just backs himself and um, he'll he'll put a good drive in, I'm sure. And uh, I just spoke to Greg before, Jess, but can you just uh, elaborate for those that don't know, um, a New Zealand trip for Just Believe is on the cards. Maybe the Row Cup, which is in uh, on May 26, is sort of the, the key race there if all goes well. So he'll go Grand Prix, the Hammerhead up at, Sydney next week and then maybe a little break and head to New Zealand? Yeah, look, ideally that might be the plan. We, um, we've we sort of got to take it one run at a time, but at the moment, short term, definitely this weekend, obviously, and then um, off to Sydney. And then, yeah, we're taking better eclipse over. He'll fly out early April for the race by Grins. Um, and then a little bit later in um, in May, yeah, if we, we're looking at potentially flying um, Just Believe over for a few races. There's some good money on offer. Um, and the 26th of May is my birthday, so I feel like that's a good omen. So um, we'll just take it run by run and see if um, if things are going well with um, better equipped. 
in New Zealand and we're going to stay on with him, then um, we'll probably take Just Believe over. But if we come um, come home with the other fella early, then, um, yeah, we might assess plans again. Will you go or Greg go? I think I think you should go, Jess, and have the trip away with two horses and Greg stays back with the 40 others or however many you're working, don't you? <laughs> no. See, I'm a homebody. I, um, oh, I've been okay. away for a day and a half and I was very excited it. to get home to my dog this, this morning. So... Um, no, I'll um I'll probably send Greg over. We'll have to do a bit of back and forth. I'd say um we need Greg here driving to to help pay for the trip. I mean, can't be away for that long, but um yeah, well I think I'll um probably send Greg over and let him establish things. Uh, if it was Christchurch, I might be uh, painting a different story, but um I'm not so familiar with Auckland, so I might send Greg to do the hard yards and work it all out. <laughs> Fair enough. Great insight, too, into you and your mind, too, being a homebody. Now, Horsham on Sunday, we can't forget AG's White Sox. Racing really well, actually, and you just, again, it's Bailey on board. Just need to lob up in a nice little spot, and hopefully uh, there's a bit of speed on, and he can be coming at the end. Yeah, Bailey's weekend could uh, could go one of two <laughs> ways, really, with some of the chances he's got. But um, AG's White Sox is a lovely horse, and... Um, you know, he stayed with us back when he won the Ballarat Cup, and he's um, he's really found himself again here. He's um, his work at home's been terrific, so um, hopefully he can navigate a nice path through from that second line draw, and um, yeah, be right there in the finish because we're pretty confident with where he's at at the moment. I think we should touch on the Vic Bread Super Series as well, Jess. I saw a tweet come out from someone, Lara J Farms, or you, or Greg, or both, or all, or something, but. Something I've been pretty passionate about and belting on about that I think the Vic Bridge Super Series should be one. It should be before the Breeders' Crown because I see the Breeders' Crown should be the ultimate championship. So it should be the last uh, major juvenile event of the year. And then secondly, it was just at a terrible time of the year. And I always use the Lee family as a reference. You know, they got up and they ruined half their Christmas day by going out and having to work horses because they were all in the Vic Bread series. And it just seemed like a terrible time of the year. And, and what are you, you know, what are your thoughts on it, et cetera, with the Vic Bread series being moved away to September from the December slot? I'm thrilled with the decision that HRV have made. Um, they heavily consulted with a lot of different uh, facets of the industry and um, I think came to a really wise decision. Um, on a personal level, it's been really tough um, having to be so busy. You know, We had 14 runners, which is terrific on Vic Bread Night, that's but right, yeah. that's a lot of horses that can't have a day off over Christmas or anything. It's all got to be work. And, um, you know, using Bailey as an example, we had no way we could have let him go home to Perth for Christmas this year because we just had too much going on and he can't, in the stage of career he's at, he can't afford to leave and give up Group 1 drives and things. So over the festive season, it's just really hard. I think it's terrific that they have a race meeting on New Year's, but having it as Vic Red just means you can't have that option um, to not compete where we're obliged to do it. So... Um, that side of it I'm really thrilled about. Um, looking forward to actually being able to celebrate the new year with friends and family this year. Um, yeah. But the other side of it is, you know, wagering. Obviously, um, it was a little bit falsified, the figures we were getting on the big bread through COVID. As you know, wagering went through the roof. So um, now that pre-COVID levels are sort of returning, the big bread um, wagering was down and that's a missed opportunity for the industry. So in the September slot, should um, really see it shine. And furthermore, um, just for the horses themselves, like our juveniles have such a brutal racing yeah, program. Yeah. 
And I mean, you look at the the Oaks in New South Wales and the Derby; it's so underrepresented by Victorian horses because they're all tired. They um they can't run in everything, and um to be able to give them you know a, a better planned um, racing program is going to be so beneficial and give owners more of an opportunity to target all those features because um you know there's so much money to be made with juveniles. We know how expensive it is racing horses and. Yeah, it's, um, I think for so many reasons, it's just a terrific decision they've made. Tim, uh, while you're still there, mate, I, I get around the traps a lot. I talk to a lot of different people. I'd say if I've spoken to 100 people about these, I can think of one person that would be against the move. It, it was really a very, like, I, I just don't yeah, see anything right. against it. No, I echo everything Jess said. She, uh, if you're writing a press release, I think you just what? run everything just Jess said there. It was absolutely <laughs> bang on. Um, I was thinking CEO it was, of HRV uh, in her spare time, but anyway. Yeah, me too. There wasn't even a, a stumble. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I agree, Toby. Like, I, I speak to a lot of people as well, and it, it gets mentioned around the office and just in passing. And yeah, I think everyone was on the same page, if not everyone, uh, 99 out of 100. So uh, great result. Uh, and if I'll speak on a personal level, it's nice to be not sitting on the computer typing up Vic Bread stories, all 12 of them, at uh, about 3 a.m. On, <laughs> on New Year's and watching the fireworks out the window. So uh, I'm happy as well. Yeah, very good. I'm happy too. And uh, I think actually, Jess, the one other thing, it opens up an opportunity now for us to run a feature race night on New Year's Eve and it can be something different. And I've belted on a little bit the last six months about running, say, like a 1,200-metre heat and final on the same night. So Vic Bread night, you've got a different crowd there. We can have a different style of racing. Races 20 minutes apart, 1,200 metres. They run a heat into a final and a consolation. So you've got two heats final and consolation, you've all of a sudden you're using 16 horses and you're getting four races out of them. So it's a less drag on participants New Year's Eve. I think HRV now can use New Year's Eve as an opportunity as well to experiment with something a bit different, fast-paced and exciting. That's right. They've got to see it as an opportunity. And in speaking to the, the guys in there, that is the way they're looking at it. Um, mm. You know, it, the, the space is there um, to showcase the product. Yep. And, I mean, they don't really need to reinvent the wheel. We know that some of those short course races are exciting, but if there's things that they've been spitballing in there to try, give it a go. Um, the crowd's there for a fun night, so yeah. um, focus on engagement and um, trying new things. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but um, you can always try again next year. So, no, I, look, I really do see that it can be a great meeting, and I fully support it. Um, you know, it's it's super for the industry, but... Yeah, I'll, I won't miss uh, driving out and getting getting shoved off the track for the last race and then driving out uh, trying to dodge all the cars oh, and people there yeah. to watch the fireworks. Yeah. Jess, thanks so much for coming on. Been a great chat and best of luck over the weekend. No worries. Thanks, guys. There's Jess Tubbs. And Thanks, Tim, Jess. Oh, Tim, Tim, how well does she speak? You, you look at them, right? They're having wonderful success, Lara J Farm. And is it any surprise when you hear Jess speak like that? And, you know, we've heard Greg and spoken to Greg so much. They're so profes professional and such a strong team. It's just about the perfect stable, isn't it? Um, I don't have a horse with them or anything. I've never spoken to anyone really that does, but I, I can bet my bottom dollar that the communication would be fantastic between the, yeah. them and the owners. Jess is a great trainer. Greg's a great driver. Uh, they've got a fantastic property that's uh, in Murnyong there. It's a... I tell you what, it's a real 
booming stable at the moment. It's hard to... I know Emma Stewart and, and Clayton Tonkin and, that, and Andy Gath and all them get some great numbers as well. But I'll tell you what, I reckon... If someone had a good horse, you'd just about lean to take it there, wouldn't you? It's a great stable, and you, you get a great experience about harness racing as well. Certainly do, and uh, many would know my mother was in that horse moments like these, and she had a terrific run with it. Mate, um, I don't know. I know I pay you nothing most weeks. You've gone overtime this week, well and truly, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you double. All right, double nothing. I'll yeah. take that because uh, I turned. Uh, I didn't turn a profit on Mildura Trots last night on SEN Track, so I need every bit I can get, so I'll take that. Thank you. You tipped a few winners when I was listening. Some $10 shot at the at Ascot or something. You cheated. Oh, yeah, I did, actually. It. Yeah, I did. backed it. And I didn't. I backed it, and I was looking at the wrong horse. Pat. And Damo uh, called the wrong horse as well. Uh, Stu says, morning, Toby. Hope we've all got a race, <laughs> an eye on race two at Melton today. Good luck to Patrick with He's the Mighty Spin. Patrick from Melton. Uh, otherwise known as Steve at the moment, but that's an in-joke. Uh, Patrick from Melton says, good luck to Zach and his partner. Certainly getting some nice drives going forward. And Patrick also says, get it done, Tobes. Plenty of up to 55 class as well. Yeah, if I if I ran like a Mercury series on New Year's Eve, as I was talking about, you do like an up to 65 maybe, and then a 65 and above. And you've got two versions of it. You can have two heats, final and consolation, two heats, final and consolation. You've got eight races with 32 horses and less participants need to attend, less trainers, less drivers. And Tim, I can imagine it's something different, something exciting and something fast-paced racing, which we love. I like it. I like all those ideas. I've been a, an advocate for some sort of Great Southern Star style pacing event. Well, that, that's um, what that would be. That's essentially that's right. No, and I and I have been so. I just think there's a great. I mean, I remember speaking to a few trainers about asking whether paces would you know stand up to that yeah, type of yeah, 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 um, yeah. double header on the one meeting, and they all say yes. They're a tough breed. They'll handle it. Make them short races, uh, races what two and three, and then. At the final late in the, on the card, so yeah, yep, yeah, I think it's I think it's a winner, and uh, I like the way you're thinking. If you can get it over the line, you've done a great job. No worries, mate. Better let you go. Better get to the news.